and welcome back to QC Fantasy, your favorite three hosts of a podcast all about the fantasy football world, the NFL breaking news. My name is Graham Rogers here with co-host Taylor Story and Chris Hayes. Guys, how are we doing today? Great. Welcome into episode three, everybody. I'm, I'm doing great. This is Chris Hayes. I'm ready to go. All right, guys, we are getting into the dog days of summer. Not a whole lot going on as far as NFL news. Uh, did have a, a couple stories break, some signings. Uh, I think what kind of has shaken the NFL world recently, Tom Brady on a deal with Fox once he's done with playing football. Going to be breaking it down for everybody. Uh, what are you guys thinking about this? The money involved, Fox, uh, and its impact on Brady's career? Is it shorten it? Is this the end? What are we looking at? I mean, you can't look at that money and apparently the deal, what they reported was wrong. But if it is even around that number, that's more than he's made in his NFL career. If it's anywhere around there, he's got to be done after this year, right? I mean, you can't leave that on the table. Uh, I think I think as, lo- as Tom, as long as Tom uh, enjoys the sport, I mean, he came back to play because he, he loves competing, but... Uh, I mean, obviously, that kind of money is uh, is significant, but let's be honest, even that kind of money, he's still not the breadwinner in his own household. Um, so I'm not sure if money is, is, uh, is the number one factor for him. But it's obviously nice to have a gig coming out of, uh, coming out of uh, football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just another way for Tom Brady to beat out every other quarterback that has ever played the game. Just go ahead and outdo them now in the broadcast booth and in the contracts that he's signing there. So you had to know Tom Brady, like you said, with his competitiveness, was just going to one-up everybody that's ever done anything on earth at this point. Um, But as far as stuff that impacts fantasy football, a couple running back signings. We got Sony Michelle signing with the Dolphins, Mike Davis signing with the Ravens. Uh, What are you guys thinking about those moves for the teams and potential impact in fantasy football for us? I think Sony Michelle is is an interesting signing. Um, I think that could mean, um, you know, if, if Sony still has something left in the tank, like he was pretty effective with the Rams last year, um, and I know he specializes in uh, also specializes in pass protection. So they could be looking at him, looking at him for that. But this could this could officially signal the end for for Miles Gaskin as well. I don't think they're going to keep Gaskin Michelle. Edmonds and Mostert on on their 53-man roster. So one of those guys will probably get downgraded to practice squad or just get cut altogether. Yeah, you can't keep all those guys on the roster. And I think uh, last pod, I even mentioned it, the uh, the gas can is running empty. And that was before we even knew about the news. I think this pretty much drains it. I, I saw Miles Gaskin get dropped twice in Dynasty Leagues in the last two days. So... It is uh, not looking good for Miles Gaskin. I think the only thing that Sony Michelle might do, I think Chase Edmonds is still pretty fine. He's the locked and loaded pass catching back for sure in that offense. Uh, maybe Sony Michelle takes one or two touchdowns away total from the offense. So read into that as much as you want, but he'll probably get a goal line touch and maybe fall into the end zone. Mike Davis, not so much for me. Um, anytime you see a running back signed to a team, though, you might be able to get their starter a spot or two less than you were before, but 
Mike Davis just doesn't do it for me. I think they're just doing that for injury purposes. Graham, you mentioned it uh, before we started. Uh, it's just they just don't want to deal with that midseason potential of injuries. So, yeah, yeah I, I think with Sony Michelle, I, any discount I can get on Chase Edmonds at this point in best ball or any draft for that matter, I will take all day. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, he may take touches away from Mostert. Uh, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot as far as pass catching, which is where Chase Edmonds no. is going to make his money and his points. And then, yeah, in Baltimore, you know, J.K. Dobbins is locked in. I think Gus Edwards is going to be next on the board, and Mike Davis is there for the added depth so they don't go through what they went last year. And they drafted Tyler Beatty uh, out of Missouri, so kind of seeing who's three and who's four on the depth chart between mm-hmm. Mike Davis and Beatty. Mike, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Davis was was cut altogether. To be honest, I I get the depth piece, but what are the chances Dobbins and Edwards have twenty ACLs before the season starts again? For everyone out there, I did just knock on wood, so you don't have to, but feel free to if you would like. Um, so, guys, getting to the substance of the show here, gonna get into a breakdown of the NFC South. So to get us started, uh, dive in, guys. Let's talk with you know the the team where the most fantasy points are going to come out of in the NFC South. Uh, point blank, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, what where are we looking here? How do we see the season playing out overall in the NFC South? And then we'll dive into specifics of the Bucks and fantasy impact. Yeah, I think the Bucks are going to be uh, you know they're going to be fantasy wonderland once again. Even though they lost Antonio Brown, you. The uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady unretiring is obviously a huge boost for for this team. Um, you know, as I mentioned on the last show, you know, my value pick this year is Russell Gage. I think he's going to be really, really valuable for for fantasy rosters this year, especially as as long as Chris Godwin is is out. Um, Russell Gage is going to be really efficient, and even when Chris Godwin comes back, you saw how you know Brown. Uh, Godwin and Evans could have quality games. Um, well, I expect a lot, you know, a lot from Russell Gage this year. Yeah, I, I agree. With Brady coming back out of retirement for this team, uh, Brady just leads to fantasy points because his team's going to lead to scoring, and scoring means fantasy points. Uh, he's he led the league in passing last year. Uh, although they were a bottom quarter team in rushing. I still think Fournette's going to be good because of that uh, check down again. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, especially with Godwin out, I think he's going to have a really good start to the season. They might even rely on the run a little bit more just with Godwin out. And, you know, you never want to bet against Father Time and Tom Brady, but he is another year older. So maybe they take a little bit off of him. I don't expect him to lead the league in passing again. Um, I think he's going to still be well into the top 10. uh, And that's as far as his finish as well in the season. But maybe they run a little bit more. It could mean good for Fournette. Uh, could be good for that running game. Uh, Mike Evans is going to do his thing. Like you said, Russell Gage is going to be really good. Uh, I really love your pick for him. Um, Cameron Brate's now got a clear path to being somewhat decent this year with O.J. Howard gone. So maybe he can do something. I don't know, Graham. What do you think? Yeah, I do like you throwing out Cameron Brate. So I've, I've taken him in some late rounds in, in best ball tournaments, right? Because if Gronk doesn't come back, you know, that's the guy. Uh, O.J. Howard is gone now. So that that's going to be their starting tight end. And again, you're, when you're talking about the Tom Brady offense, especially in the first part of the year with uh, Godwin out, your end zone targets are going to go, you know, 
Mike Evans, Cameron Brait. Uh, so I've, I've got a fair share of Cameron Brait in best ball. I think you guys are kind of hit on the Russell Gage stuff. Um, I am interested kind of in the backfield. We were talking before the show, like Rashad White, uh, who they drafted, um, is probably one of my most owned kind of handcuff backs. And I think it's just situation based, right? If anything were to happen to Leonard Fournette, you know, we haven't seen any commitment from the Bucks to Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, you know, they even started giving a lot of the passing downs to Leonard Fournette because he's proven he can catch the ball out of the backfield and be more explosive than, say, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, so I, I am intrigued by that pick. Uh, for this year, I don't know how high I'd be on him in Dynasty because once Brady moves on, you know, what's this team going to look like? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't uh, forget to mention that Bruce Arians is now gone. Uh, but with Byron Leftwich there... Uh, I think he runs a similar system. I think he even said himself the system is going to be similar. So I don't really expect too much change. He's been there for a few years. The thing I'm curious about is if he does run that backfield like Bruce Arians, uh, you've got Fournette. He fumbles a game and in past, he comes out for the rest of the drive, a couple drives. Are we going to see that with these running backs that they've got again? I know uh, for some reason, Bruce Arians really liked Ronald Jones. So that's kind of why he did it. But can Rashad White, uh, be that guy that can lead him on a drive or two, you know. It's, it's. We'll just see how Brady's gonna have to lean on these guys and if Fournette can keep up his good play. Yeah, I love Leonard Fournette this year. I just, I think that's, you know, that's one of Brady's guys, the guy he brought in for their Super Bowl run. And I mm-hmm. like, I think as long as he's healthy, regardless of the fumbles, I think they're gonna stick with him. Um, just for my ranking purposes, you know, I have a Leonard as a pretty solid RB1, and I'm glad you guys mentioned Cameron Braid as well. I think as long as Gronk is out, you know, like, I mean, Braid just makes this whole thing go. Like, you just have yeah. to have a piece somewhere, whether it's Cameron Braid or Leonard Fournette or, or Russell Gage or, you know, of course, Mike Evans is, you know, is, a, is an elite R, uh, WR1. You just have to have a piece because, like, Brady, well, he is, like, facing father time, like, He's coming off his best statistical season of his career, which which is just insanity. So, like, as long as Brady's here, he just makes this whole thing go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just get get pieces of this offense, right? It's it's one of the ones that you just you just target some way that you can get get pieces of it. Um, not sure we can say the same for the next three teams we're going to talk about, but obviously there are going to be pieces on every team. Number one guys who are going to be out there. So uh, let's go to the New Orleans Saints next. What do we see in there with this team? You know, first year under Dennis Allen. Uh, questions about Jameis, Michael Thomas. What are our thoughts on New Orleans? Well, you mentioned it. The two uh, two big pieces back in this team are going to be James and Michael Thomas. Yeah, they're both back this year, presumably both fully healthy, both ready to go. Uh, I'm going to love to see how those two work together, uh, especially with the addition of Alave on that receiving court. Um, I think they could have a, a pretty good year. Are we going to see record-breaking Michael Thomas that we saw with Drew Brees? Probably not. Is he going to finish in the top 20 if he plays, say, 14 or 15 games? Also, he probably will. So I, I, I kind of like what the Saints have going on over there. I, I personally love the Saints this year, as long as Jameis is healthy. Like, he's played seven games last year, um, 14 touchdowns and three picks. Like, that's a really good sign. And we know the, like, the Saints have had a history of, of developing quarterbacks you know the right the right way so i'm a big fan of what the saints are are doing um i think Jameis is going to have a great year honestly i think this could be one of uh 
the best statistical years that he has. You know, not a ton of mistakes, maybe in like the 25 to 30 touchdown range. But he's he's another guy that, you know, you could get at a value, especially in two quarterback leagues. Um, Alvin Kamara is, is a bit of a conundrum at, at this point. Like, I still have him as an RB1 based on his talent alone, but... I mean, who knows? Didn't he, you know, didn't he assault that guy at the at the Pro Bowl? So we don't really know what's going on there either. Yeah, just randomly during the Pro Bowl. I, I still don't know. I've tried to find any specifics on him. I mean, he judged a dunk contest like a month ago. So I feel like if he was in any sort of real trouble, I don't. I feel like he wouldn't be doing that. So I was. I watched it on Sports Center. I was like, is that Alvin Kamara judging a dunk contest? Shouldn't he be <laughs> in court? maybe or something <laughs> so it's i don't know i i still i haven't moved him too much with my rankings i moved him maybe down just a, a bit just because the uncertainty but I, I still like kamara this year i'm still in on kamara i think he's going to be great fitting with this offense again and he's going to have to if the saints want to be any good yeah i think uh kamara is the big question mark for me as far as this offense i've, I've got him you know, a good bit lower than you guys do as far as rankings go. He's he's an RB2 for me. Um, I think a lot of that plays into the question marks about, you know, the legal issues, if there are any. And then also factoring in, you know, a lot of a lot of his work has been in, in the past from Drew Brees dumping off to him. You know, and, and I don't know if Jameis is that guy, right? Jameis is the guy that's going to look to force it downfield even when it's not there rather than dump it off to uh, Kamara out of the backfield. Um, so, you know, I've got... Saquon, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb even um, up above him just because I've got some question marks there. Um, And again, we still haven't seen Jameis healthy in this offense fully for a full year. Uh, So it's going to be going to be interesting. And then when you're talking about getting Michael Thomas back on the field, there go a bunch of targets. Uh, And then we haven't, you know, quite gotten to Chris Olave here. Uh, But, you know, obviously a talented prospect there who's going to get targets as well. Again, further downfield from Jameis than, say, Kamara would. Yeah, I I love Alave. I've I've slowly moved him up to second in my rookie wide receiver rankings. Uh, recently got him in a rookie draft along with Drake London, so I'm pretty excited about that little tandem I put together. Uh, not excited about the team as a whole though, but uh, I digress. Uh, I I just love Alave. I mean, you see his his college stats. He had a 76% success rate against press coverage in college. Yeah. Puts him in the 93rd percentile when you look at how that correlates to the NFL. Guys with over 76% success on press coverage, you see Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams. You're going to get pressed, and especially as a rookie, I'm sure some of these veteran corners are going to want to stick it to the rookie. If he can beat press and get open, especially for Jameis Winston, and especially get downfield and create plays, which he can, I think he is, he is in for a big year, and that's kind of why I've been moving him up my rankings. I love Chris Olave. As I mentioned in the... The last episode, he is my pick for fantasy rookie, fantasy rookie of the year. I mean, this guy can just do it all. He was my favorite receiver coming out of, of uh, the draft this year. You know, regardless of which team he got drafted by, but I think the Saints are a really good fit for him. Um, I mean, this guy can fly. You know, he ran a four three nine at at the combine. So I mean, there were questions about his speed, but you know, this this dude. This dude can move, and his route running is outstanding. He can play the deep ball, so I'm really excited about Chris Olave. Yeah, he ran, uh, according to Reception Perception, he ran 21.9% of his routes in college was a nine route or a go route. And if he can beat that press coverage, 
Jameis can hit him, you know, and and he's going to score points. So he's going to win those routes. He's going to win against those tough coverages that, that he's going to see, and and he's going to get it done. All right, I'm going to play a fun game for you guys this year only, so not Dynasty. Taylor, I know that's your specialty. Chris Olave or Tyler Lockett? Oof. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm, going to take, I'm taking Lockett. I'll throw it out there. Okay. Chris? Who... It, Who's going to be better this year, or who would I rather draft right now? I would think those two would be one and the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, I'll let you think. I think this season, it's almost like the Brandon Cooks effect. I, I got to take Tyler Lockett this season. He's going to have those games that are going to win you weeks. He's going to have a forty a forty five point game probably. So, does Alave have that in the future? Probably. Does he have it this year? maybe, but most likely not as much as Lockett has. So I think Lockett for this year for me still, if I had to choose. I think, I think I'm with Taylor here. I think I'm going to choose Lockett as well. Um, I get that Drew Lockett is the quarterback, and I don't want, really want any piece of this offense. But in the end, Lockett's going to get his. Like he's going to have, just like Olave, like he's going to have some of those weeks where he's going to win weeks for you. You know, the... Six catch, 180 yard, and two touchdown yep. game. Um, and uh, while I do, sorry, what? No, I was just gonna. I was gonna keep going rapid fire with some of these guys to see kind of where we stand on on Alave, how high we are on him. You know, like Adam Thielen or Alave this year. Oh man, Thielen. I'm, take Thielen. Ta- I'm taking the risk for Alave. I'm taking the risk okay. on Alave there. I'm taking Adam right. Thielen. Okay, Amon Ross St. Brown, Alave. I think I'm going to lean towards Alave. I'll take, uh, take St. Brown. Okay. Uh, Lazard in Green Bay. Oh, you're killing me. Um, as it sits right now, I got to take Alave on that, too. If I'm taking Alave over Thielen, I gotta, I'll gotta. i take Thielen over Lazard. So, Alave. I'm taking Lazard. I'm taking Lazard as well. Darnell Mooney. Alave. Alave for me. Bears. Going, they stink. Going... I'm going Mooney as well. Bateman or Alave? Ooh, Bateman. I'm Bateman. I'm Alave. Okay. I did that. I, I, I can tell I'm lower on Alave. Nothing against him, but just some of those guys being, you know, also probably being the number two guy in their offense. Um, you know, I like Olave as a prospect. I'd probably have more of him in Dynasty, but as far as like best ball and redraft goes, um, again, just unsure about where the offense goes. It's not. It's not Sean Payton anymore behind the reins. You know, I, I don't like coach talk and how much better they make people, but we'll see where that offense leads. Um, speaking of offenses with lots of question marks, uh, Atlanta Falcons this year. So we know Matt Ryan's out. We got Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter in the draft. Uh, Ridley, we know, is out for the year with everything going on there. Uh, so what's happening with Atlanta? What are the bright spots in fantasy with the Falcons? Cordero, or like I used to say, Scordero Patterson. I love that guy. I mean, I tried to get him as much as I could last year in leagues where I was competing in Dynasty. I think uh, I even offered what was looking like a late first-round pick to a guy, and he said no. And he was rebuilding. I had no idea. He said he could get more. I was like, okay. So that's where I kind of drew the line. But I I love Cordero. Getting rid of Mike Davis obviously looks good for him. There's tons of vacated targets. Obviously, some of those are going to go to Cordero. So I, I love him. 
that's that's probably my bright spot for uh for this offense coming out of that backfield i think atlanta is kind of sneaky sneaky fantasy value this year they're going to be losing a lot of games um it's kind of like how i mentioned with the dolphins this this year um obviously they're not as talented as the dolphins but last year the falcons and the year before they they get in the red zone a lot um they just i mean good teams finish in the red zone score daryl score daryl yeah um but low key, the Falcons have a lot of speed on on their offense. You know, Cordell Cordell can line up just about anywhere. Kyle Pitts is obviously a beast. Um, they added Drake London, who, who you know who's going to be their WR one. Um, and then I'm like, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. I do think Mariota is going to start the whole year. Um, I just don't think they're going to if you know hand the keys over to Ritter in, in year one, but. I, I I kind of like this offense if they can finish in the red zone. Yeah, I think we only see Ritter if it's, uh, God forbid, an injury to Mariota or it's a blowout game or it's late in the season. I think the Falcons are just going to throw Mariota in there, let him do what he can because, I mean, he can still make plays. It's not, it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility for Mariota to make a play here and there, especially with Pitts, Drake London, Cordell on the team as their three main targets. So they can make plays, you know, they get Ridley back next season. Maybe, uh, maybe they've still got Mariota and he does a good job or they go to Ritter after letting him sit for a bit and who knows what can happen. How do we feel about Mariota compared to Winston in the upcoming season? <sighs> like compare those two guys, same division. Who, who do you take over who? If you, think, if you had to I'm, pick one super flex, who do you want? I'm Winston all day. Job security. You don't have that quarterback sitting over his shoulder that thinking, oh my, if he has a bad game, I might be out of a starting quarterback. You know, it's, Jameis is being picked fairly decently in in two QB Superflex leagues. Mariota, I've seen being picked up off of waivers in Superflex leagues in the past couple weeks. So that kind of tells you the difference right there. But like I said, Mariota can get it done, but I'm on the Winston train here. That's such a good it's such a good question. I right now I have Jameis seventeen in my rankings and I have Mariota Mariota eighteen. Um Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's close. Um, that's close for you. But uh but yeah, I would take Jameis over over Marcus. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go the same way, like you said, the job security. But I, I am fascinated if they can get into the red zone. Um, you know, you're talking about at the wide receiver core. I'm going to include Kyle Pitts into that because he's a freak. Drake London, 6'4", 213. Alden Tate, 6'5", 228. Kyle Pitts, 6'6", 245. Um, like just good, good luck to defensive backs, safeties, linebackers, whoever, if they get into the red zone, just throw the ball up to whoever has the smallest guy on him and you're going to score six points. Well, on, um, so, so that could be, that could be fun on top of, um, yeah. But on top of that, like you have to devote so much attention to, you know, the, the twin towers of Atlanta now, like Mariota can still do a lot of damage with his legs. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I do. I, I was, I was high. I, I'd need to go find receipts on Dak Prescott 
and Jalen Hurts when they came out. Um, I've got some weird feelings about Desmond Ritter there as well, just a more experienced quarterback who can get it done on the ground as as well as through the air. Um, Also kind of written off a little bit, drafted a little bit later, not a first-round guy. Um, So I I don't know, but I could see myself having a fair share of Desmond Ritter in Dynasty at least, um, just just to have on the taxi squad. Piggybacking with yep. off, off of what Chris said, you've got to pay so much attention to these guys. Maybe teams have to play uh, some zone coverage against these guys just because how many weapons they have. I mean, you can't double everyone. And their new rookie wide receiver, Drake London, beat zone coverage at a success rate of 86.7%. So if, if, they, if teams have to go to zone coverage, he's just going to dominate. And he's going to have an amazing year that people are drafting him as the rookie uh, wide receiver one. So that's how it's going to end. I think end of year, Desmond Ritter will be the starter in Atlanta, and I think they could be pretty good. I think they could end up as the second team in this division. Um, you know, again, there's just so much on offense there with Cordero, the guys we just talked about, um, you know, even with Damian Williams in the backfield, Tyler Algier, who they drafted, you've got options in the running game as well if you have Cordero split out wide. So um, going to be an interesting team to watch for sure. Um, now getting on to the most painful part of this, my Carolina Panthers, um, I, I'm going to let you guys do most of the talking here. I don't have a whole lot of positives, but we'll, uh, we'll try to find the bright side here and some guys that we can plug in on fantasy teams. Hey, well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't think anybody has any positives to say about the Panthers. So you're not alone. It does not, that does not help at all, but, but thank you for attempting to help me feel better. (laughs) I mean, the easy thing to say is they've got one big question mark. Is McCaffrey going to be healthy? If he's healthy, the team's going to be good. I mean, I, Graham, I think you refreshed me, but when he was healthy early in the season, they were winning games and they looked decent. Sam Darnold looked decent. So if he's healthy, that offense is going to be, it's just going to be twice as good just because of one player. Yeah. I mean, Lord. Sam Darnold. I mean, where do you even start? I mean, didn't he? Wasn't he leading the league in rushing touchdowns like four weeks into the season with like seven rushing touchdowns? Yes, he was. It was very odd to to say the least. But I mean, McCaff- McCaffrey is, you know, as long as he's healthy, he is he's the best, the best in the league when it comes to come comes to fantasy. So. I mean, there's there's no real argument there. Um, the rest of this offense, though, I mean, it's just kind of yikes. Like, how long is Sam Darnold going to last before Matt Corral gets gets a shot? Um, DJ Moore is obviously a, a, a target monster at this point because they have no one no one left to throw to. I was high on Terrace Marshall coming coming out of college, but then he got like ten targets the whole season. Um, you know, Robbie Anderson, he. Whew, you know, I was high on him last year because of the Darnold connection, and he just he flopped completely. Um, and they did br- bring in Rashard Higgins from Cleveland, but who knows? You might get more value from Andre Roberts as a returner than Robbie Anderson and Rashard Higgins combined this year. Yeah, when you've uh, end of end of year last year, I think uh, Brandon Zilstra was getting some pretty good run. Um, if that tells you anything, you know, I'm 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 hoping for Matt Corral, right? I mean, I think. I know Sam Darnold is not good. I know PJ Walker is not good. Um, so give me give me the unknown, if anything. Um, you know, 
kid's got a strong arm, plug him in there. We know what CMC is if given the chance. You know, we talked about it before we started uh, recording, but with Chuba Hubbard there signing Dante Foreman, still got Amir Abdullah, you know, there are going to be opportunities for them to spell CMC. I know that's not what we want to hear in the fantasy community, but just something to factor in. But yeah, if healthy, he's one of the best. You know, DJ Moore is just given off like Allen Robinson vibes, right? Like his whole career was Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, uh, you know, Justin Fields, I like as a player, but just could not get him the ball, even though he was extremely talented. Um, and, you know, DJ Moore has been in quarterback purgatory for his entire career as well. So if Corral can do anything, you know, hopefully it helps DJ Moore. Hopefully it opens up Robbie Anderson downfield. We'll see about Terrace Marshall. Uh, I'm not super high based on the fact that, you know, he was a healthy scratch a lot of times or just, you know, a DNP. Um, so that worries me for a guy that there was a lot of hype over. What do we think of this team? If Baker Mayfield goes there. Still terrible. Anybody change for you? Any any rankings go up? DJ Moore go up, down? Robbie Anderson? Uh, uh, DJ Moore goes up. They get a bump? Uh, yeah, DJ Moore gets a, yeah. a bump. Um, that's really it, though. Like, there's certainty then, right? Because, like, you, at least you know what Baker is. Right. Um, healthy, healthy or not, you know what you're getting from Baker. And I don't think there's any question Baker is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold or P.J. Walker. Um, and we don't know about Matt Corral. Um, I think they're kind of similar, just obviously much different draft capital. Um, but, yeah, I, they get bumps a little bit, but I'm, I'm still not going to be super excited about the team. You know, m- maybe that bumps them from being – way down in the cellar to maybe competing to be third in the division maybe um but either way okay, not a whole lot going on there. positives <laughs> cmc draft cmc yeah. if you're able and maybe dj Moore if he's discounted and people are overlooking him because again you never know what corral could be and you don't know especially with me drafting best ball right now yeah if i can get some dj Moore, some robbie anderson and somebody like baker comes in um you know i wouldn't mind it for having drafted those guys below their value i don't know if a lot of people are necessarily thinking about it but if baker was traded to carolina i think that would vault mccaffrey back into uh, like first overall pick discussions I could see that. I think I think more of the concerns come from the health as opposed to who's behind center. Uh, but I could definitely see some people going, oh, okay, they have Baker. That means this offense is going to do better. So if he's healthy, I'm taking him no worse than second overall in, in any draft, dynasty included. Yeah, yeah, he's a just a better offense, right? I mean, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for volume in a good offense, especially at the running back position, and we know he's unworldly yeah. talented. Um, so, yeah, if you get a better quarterback, better offense, um, you know, I think CMC's right there, 101, 102, uh, with Jonathan Taylor as, as being the guy. And we know the statistics on running backs repeating as RB1. So if you want to play with the statistics, go ahead and take the guy that has that type of ceiling that didn't do it last year. Um Anything else? I think that's all the Carolina Panthers I can take for one day as far as talking about them. Um, anything else you guys one have? Last, yep, go yeah, for it. I think one last thing I'll note on McCaffrey. I mentioned it last episode with Derek Henry. Uh, I guarantee that McCaffrey is going to have a slow start. They're going to ease him back in. Uh, owners are going to be panicking again. I bet you can find one owner in your league that just wants nothing to do with him and you can get him for a discount of some running back that started hot and you can send him off and get a deal on McCaffrey. 
So that's my take on them. All right, guys, I'm I'm going to do it again. This will be the second team starting a rookie quarterback by the end of the year. Matt Corral will be the starter in Carolina. And after this conversation, I'm going to plug CMC as my RB1 for the year. There's there's my hot take. What do you guys have? Any hot takes on the NFC South? I think Chris Olave is the new Brandon Cooks for the Saints. He's going to have just as much production when he was there. I have a few hot takes. um, First, I've got two for the Saints. I think the Saints will finish as a playoff team this year. Um, I think they'll sneak in as the six or seven. And I think Chris Olave will overtake Michael Thomas as WR1 in New Orleans by the end of the year as well. Chris is on fire. Uh, um, I think Mike Evans will finish as a top five uh, fantasy receiver, PPR or non-PPR um, and I think uh, another Matt Corral tidbit I think he will be the first rookie quarterback to start um, this year out of all the teams Good Lord someone needs to put in a fire extinguisher to that man with the <laughs> hot takes he's spitting right now I could see him though I could see him though I like him Corral there it is. All right. You heard it here first. This is recorded and out there on the internet so everybody can come back to us and remind us how wrong we are. Um, if y'all have hot takes, you know where to find us on Twitter and Instagram, QC underscore fantasy. For now, we are out. Next release will be about the NFC North breakdown. Um, we should be back in your ears early next week. Thank you, guys. See ya. All right. Good show. Okay, we need to learn how to do the little Panthers first down growl. <laughs> do it. Do it. Wow, wow. <laughs>